Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross from the future. I'm recording this about 170 episodes in. We're currently in June 2023 and I just thought I'd record an introduction to my earlier episodes for the simple reason my sister was at breakfast the other day in a cafe and she overheard a lady saying to her friend, I have just found the inner work conversation. It's really, really useful. I'm going to go right the way to the beginning and work my way through the episodes. And it immediately made me want to try and contact this lady who I have no idea who she is and be like, no, don't do that. Because this this podcast, it's been going for a few years. And during that time, I have grown. I have changed. I have evolved. I have grown more confident in my abilities and in my competence, not just in my podcasting abilities, but also in what I do with my clients. I've become much more sure about who I best work with, who I best serve, and how we can best have conversations around the topics that are meaningful to the people who I work with. And so it makes me want to go, oh God, no, listen to the more recent episodes. That's where you're going to get your best value. That's where you're going to get your best insights. And it also, to be honest, makes me go, oh, in those older episodes, I sound different. I sound different because I was trying really hard. I was trying really hard to be liked and accepted. I was trying really hard to find my place in this in this space. And I think it comes through. I think that you can hear that. And I'll be honest, there's some old, old episodes that I've gone back and I've thought, oh, that, that's made me cringe or I actually disagree with myself. And so it leaves me with the question, why wouldn't I take the old episodes down? And my simple answer is this. As we all navigate life and business, we all evolve and we all grow. And there is always going to be an older version of us that we wish we'd have said things differently or we wish we'd have done things differently. Like for example, at the beginning of my business, I wish that I'd have been much more confident in who I worked with and how I can serve them and really back in my own, you know, opinions around certain things. But I can't go back. None of us can. None of us can go back to a previous version of ourselves and rewrite time. And so I'm leaving all of my older episodes in for one reason only. And that is because I want you to take these older episodes and take them for what they are, a demonstration of someone growing and evolving and learning in public. And I I say all of this and I introduce this episode with the hope that that not only inspires you, but also helps you to give yourself permission to grow and evolve and learn in public. So many of us just won't put ourselves out there for fear that it's not going to be good enough and you know it's not going to be right and when i when i listen back to my original my my initial podcast episodes it's not good enough and it's not right by my standards now but it was back then everyone has to start somewhere we all have to start somewhere we can't just rock up to something and be who we want to be or have the quality that we want to have from day one. So with what you're about to listen to, please, please know that as these podcasts, as the numbers roll on, the more me you will hear me get, but that's the more me now. Yeah. And that's not to say that there isn't value and insight in these older episodes. It's just letting you know that this is my version of growing and evolving out loud. So with all that said, let's get into the episode. Hello 
and welcome to episode 7 of the Inner Work Conversation, a podcast with busy business owners and leaders in mind. I'm Nikki Cross, owner of Thrive Life and Business, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Emma Griffin of Emma Griffin Writes, a copywriter and content strategist. If you've ever had intuitive nudges but not quite known how to tune into what's right for you, this is the episode for you. In this episode, we discuss how tapping into your intuition could be the best move in business you've ever made, the real costs of ignoring your instincts, how staying true to you, fully trusting yourself and investing in yourself drives success on your terms. And of course, we're diving into all things inner work with the objective of making you feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. Emma shares so much real talk in today's episode, so if you're tuning in, please click subscribe and don't forget to tag me in your social media platform of choice with where you're listening from and what your key takeaways have been. Let's dive straight in. Emma, welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. It's so lovely to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Good. Emma, I would love for you to give everyone an introduction to you and your business and your journey so far. So over to you. I am a copywriter and I have always been a copywriter, but it's only been in the last couple of years that I've actually run a business um, copywriting on my own, which has been a really steep learning curve, but a pretty exciting one as well. So my background was I worked for basically like well-known high street brands in the UK as an in-house copywriter on their marketing teams. And so I was specializing in the fashion and lifestyle brand sort of area. I don't have any copywriting qualifications, but I do have a psychology degree and a journalism qualification so I always thought that I wanted to be a psychologist and then I I like I got to university and I suddenly realized like hey wait a minute no one fucking told me that to be a psychologist I have to then do like years and years of post-grad study a master's and a PhD to actually even be able to work in that industry (laughs) so I was like oh my god I I didn't have any more in me at that you know when you graduate how old are you like 21 22 got to the end of that I was like I am done I am done with like academia I just want to earn some money and like feel like I actually have some independence and some agency and I also kind of slightly fell out of love with the subject when I was doing my degree it wasn't really for me and I actually am more interested in it again now from the business side and the marketing side that I do but anyway so long story short I, I did that degree and was like oh shit what do I do with it? I don't know what to do with it. I had always been a really good writer. Like that was my thing all the way through school. It's what I really enjoyed. It's just always been there. Writing as a career back then was one that, you know, a lot of us have very little careers guidance um, and writing really was like, okay, so you're either an author, which is pretty lofty as an ambition to go out as a 21 year old and be like, right, I'm just going to write books or be a journalist. So I retrained as a journalist and I'm really glad I did actually, because it gave me such a thorough grounding and a serious crash course in writing more succinctly and editing myself so I guess this is kind of like this is a bit of a failure because I never managed to work as a journalist it was so competitive and I really had these I had these dreams of kind of working for like I don't know like the Sunday glossies so like the Sunday time style and being like a features writer there and it was just so competitive and I had no contacts I would apply for internships and I did nothing and so I really just fell into my first job which turned out to be a copywriting job for a 
big like flash sales website and that was just my baptism of fire really and I didn't realize at the time but looking back I literally I learned how to do everything pretty much I've ever needed to do in that one job paid like a tiny amount of money a year and it just grew from there just for a bit of background for people who don't necessarily know a lot about copywriting it's basically anything for marketing the company so it's like email marketing product descriptions campaign planning at that point social media although social media was very different back then blog writing interviewing people so all that sort of thing basically just being the voice of the brand and from that point on I was quite successful like I got some really great jobs at really cool companies and I really felt like I had found my thing and I was doing really well. And, you know, I became an editor of a very well-known lifestyle brand when I was 25, which is pretty young to be doing that sort of thing. And then I was headhunted for what seemed like my dream job. And it was like everything had been preparing me for this. And I was completely on the right career path and like this was it and it was great. And I got there and it was absolutely awful. And... (laughs) I, I, I was kind of like a month, month, two months in and was like, um, I'm new. So I'm sure it's only this overwhelming because I'm new. I'm sure it will get better because obviously we all start a new job. And no matter how senior you are, when you go in there. You don't know how the company works. You don't know who anyone is that you'll see seeing into an email. It's it's not a quick thing of like, oh, I'll just go check with blah, blah at the desk because I know everyone or, um, you know, I knowing all the processes. But then, you know, two or three months went by and I started to realise, no, like this isn't just me being new. This is chaos. And it was getting worse and worse and worse. And the more I started to learn and the more I started to manage to do my job, the more stressful it got, like because I could I could never tick anything off my to do list. So I'd do it. And it would come back to me five times because so many people were involved in it and the processes were so leaky that, you know, everything changed at the last minute. So that in itself was very overwhelming because I had a big workload and I didn't have anyone helping me with it. But then on top of that, people were leaving and rather than um, employing people to, you know, this was like heads of department leaving me and other team members were absorbing the role without even being asked, without being compensated. Um, And so actually it just got to a point where I was just, I was a shell. I was literally a shell. I was not sleeping. I had lost a stone in weight because I wasn't eating properly. I was getting constant migraines, like pretty much every day migraines. I was just an absolute wreck. I was having panic attacks in the night. And my boyfriend just said to me in January, so nearly two years ago, now we're getting on for it, it was January two years ago, um, you have got to go and see a doctor about this because you are you are not well and you need help. And so ironically, I didn't realize at the time I went to the doctor um, and was signed off work with anxiety and depression on Blue Monday, <laughs> which is statistically the day that everyone is <laughs> like hating their life and hating their job and thinking, how, how does this change? And yeah, I was signed off work and the doctor said to me, like, you need you need to take this form, you need to get antidepressants and you need to go to your, your manager and, and show her and be signed off for two weeks. And I think looking back, this just says everything about the company because I had that form in my hand and I thought, I can't use this because I cannot, I cannot hand this to them and come back two weeks later because nothing will be better, everything will be worse because they won't, they won't respect any of this stuff that has been the huge problem of, of my mental health. Like I hadn't, hadn't had mental health issues in the past and that's not to say that anyone 
who did have who was then in that situation and struggled with it would be any different but it just yeah I just knew that I couldn't I couldn't hand that in so what I did instead was I realized at that point you know I'd asked them for help previously and I'd asked them for support and they'd never they'd never done it all the blame was on me the whole time I just thought right fuck it I'm I'm not I'm quitting I'm not going to stay here anymore I'm not going to hand this in so what I did is I went away and I started looking for freelance clients on the side so every lunch break every evening I'd take my laptop in I'd go sit in my car I did I found a little bit and then over the next few weeks I think it was about two months I mean it was really intense I was working all hours but I suddenly had this renewed fire in my belly and it came from somewhere like I was I was obviously perpetually anxious and terrified and depressed but I had something left and I just, it was like my defense mechanism and my survival instinct really kicking in. So I went and I managed to save a little bit of money. And then I think at the end of February, it was, I handed in my notice. I handed in my notice and it was the best feeling ever. I quit without having anything to go to, which in any other situation would have felt like this massive failure because I, you know, I'd worked my way up in this career path and supposedly this was the dream job and I had failed. I hadn't managed to do it and it was terrible and it was nothing like I thought it would be. But actually it didn't feel like a failure. It actually felt like a very big fuck you to everyone. <laughs> and actually like looking back, it was, that was a huge success for me to have realized that it was really damaging me and not to have just carried on accepting it and to have thought okay what can I do about this and how can I make this work for me and yeah like nearly nearly two years on um I am so glad that that happened to me because a lot of the time we don't make those um very scary life decisions from a, a from a comfort zone I know if I'd have stayed in the previous job I'd probably still be there now and I would not I would not have started this business so yeah that was a very long intro um, and a little bit of a, a recap on kind of yeah what got me here isn't it isn't hindsight fascinating how very yeah, yeah. it's always so interesting to me because I, f- I feel like we once we know what we're good at and once we know where our place is I think is how you put it you know I found it this is what this mm-hmm. is me this is what I do yeah. isn't it amazing that in our mind we have this point that we want to reach I want to be yeah. a director I want to be in yeah. this I want to get there I want to earn this much money and have this much responsibility and sometimes you get to that point and it just really isn't what you thought it would be in your mind as you know I work with business owners and senior leaders and what you've described there in terms of the anxiety and the depression and the migraines and the physical impacts to dealing with what you're dealing with mentally I think that there will be a lot of people who will be able to relate to those physical impacts what I'm really keen to know from you and for for you to reflect on and share with us is what was it do you think was it the fear of potentially in your mind failing that made you ignore initially those those warning signs that your body is giving you because that that's what it is it's your body giving you warning signs to say something isn't right you're pushing me too hard you're ignoring the mental and emotional and spiritual the purpose is lost it sounds like there was so many different elements to what was going on in that job for you that you in yeah. the end your body was saying to you Emma stop 
I think I, for a long time, actually, to be honest, my whole career. So I started off, um, I worked in London for, I think it was five years and I don't live in London. So it was a four hour round trip commute a day. So that is all I had ever known. That constant shit. If I, if I'm not out of bed by quarter to six, I'm not going to get my train. I'm going to be late for work and this whole knock on effect. So I didn't have a clue. I mean, my body was crying out the whole time, but it was all I'd ever known of the world of work. You know, I think I can trace back my first migraines and like no shit it happened when I started working properly in London my body and my mind were not connected in any way because I just ignored everything because I didn't realize I should be listening to it I didn't realize it was that was wrong and so yeah I guess it got to that point where I was in that last job and it was so awful and it was like just this crescendo of everything coming to a head but again I think a problem with so many of us is we think we're the problem because we're told the whole time that this is what success is it's a corporate career it is climbing the ranks it's being a pay rise it is that always on sort of mindset around work and achievements and success is so narrow that there's no scope for asking yourself in those situations like is this success because I, I, it doesn't feel like it but if everyone tells you it, if everyone's like, oh, well done, great promotion, or like, you know, you're just like, yeah, okay, this must be the right track. And it just, I was not cut out for corporate work. I can look back and say that now. And I'm an introvert. I fucking hated working in an office. I hated it. But, you know, that's what I got told to do. So I did it. If you were able to go back to her, what would you tell her now you know what you know? I would tell myself not to ignore those tiny little flickers that I had of intuition, you know, my whole way through my 20s, really, that things weren't right. I had them I had them the whole way through, whether it was relationships I was in or, or the job or the career path that I'd taken. There were all these niggles, but I didn't listen to them because I think what happens also is when we completely water down that mind-body connection and we live completely in our heads, we don't recognise the signals and they get quieter and they get quieter and they get quieter until really they're not there anymore because we don't know what we want. So I think I would just tell myself from this early point, yeah, you're only like 21, but if this doesn't feel right, maybe it's not right and maybe there's another way. We don't have that confidence in ourselves at that point, you know, with its confidence as a muscle that we have to keep flexing our whole adult life. Lives, I think and it's a it's a real journey mm, definitely it is a real journey I always find it fascinating when people see a glimmer of hope you know when you're in this dark situation and it's heavy and it feels like I can't see any way and then you see this glimmer and you're like oh what's that I want yeah. that and that that seems to be what you found in that January when you were like no this this isn't happening yeah I think so I think for me also like I just wanted to prove people wrong and I look back and this sounds really cocky but I look back and I think they were threatened by me because I was really good at what I did and a lot of these people have been in the company for like the whole way through that company's existence and you know I was coming in and supposedly I was hired because I'd come from another very well-known brand and they wanted to understand how that works and apply them except they didn't I got there and they didn't actually care they wanted to hear it all but did they want to implement it no so we stayed in that same old cycle but trying to compete with these brands who had been around for like 40 years longer and have these really established huge teams part of it was like I'm not going to let this be the end I'm going to let it be the beginning of something good and I'm going to show all of you 
that I, I absolutely don't need you and that um that sense of fuck you is is still quite strong in me whenever I need to dig a little bit deeper I do think about stuff like that and it definitely helps it's like revenge motivation <laughs> that thing that you said before we think we're the problem I used to look at my LinkedIn notifications and see people's promotions and see so-and-so has been promoted to director of this and so-and-so has been promoted to director of that. And I I used to remember sitting there and being like, wow, I wonder what that's like. Whereas now I look at those things and think, I wonder if they're happy. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I was also, I had that confirmed to me as well. So you know, you, I think we already have, like you said, this internalised belief that if things aren't fitting, it's us, it's not the system that's the problem. And then I had that reinforced because I had my like six month review, I think it was, and I had written down, I tried to be really diplomatic about it. And I'd written down this list of things that I needed support with and I thought weren't working. And I had come up with solutions to them. And, you know, I'd, I'd had this carrot dangled in front of me over and over again when I'd like said to my line manager, like, oh, I was really stressful. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's going to get better. We'll get you an assistant. So I said, like, OK, I, I need an assistant. I need an assistant. You said I could have one. Can I have one? No, we're not in a position to give you an assistant. I think if you just do this, you'll really get a handle on it. But you've got to do this first. I was just like, right fuck off like I burst into tears actually and then ironically my line manager hands me a tissue and then never mentioned that entire meeting ever again didn't even check to see whether I was all right with my workload the next week didn't care um, so yeah I mean in no uncertain terms someone told me I was the problem I think something inside me kind of spoke up and was like no you're not you're not the problem there's more at work here this isn't the place for you and it's not your job to fit in because you're never going to fit in here so find find your own path I suppose and and that you did you set up your business and you've got this fire in your belly so how's it been what's your journey been like oh my god huge like I have changed and grown up more in two years than I had my entire life and I think a lot of business owners will relate to that the amount of self-development that you need to do alongside your business growing is just huge because you have got to advocate for yourself day in, day out. You don't have a manager anymore to, to put you on projects. You have to win all your clients. Um, you have to sell. I mean, believing in yourself. No one's giving you feedback really about your performance. Pushing past so many mental mindset blockers um, and really questioning why you think you can't do something and, and interrogating that it's just massive <laughs> the, the amount of work you have to do yeah I agree aside from the process that you go through when you deal with new life and death I think possibly the most vulnerable and exposed I've ever felt would you agree yeah, I would agree yeah it's been incredibly uncomfortable yeah I mean I look back at where I was yeah say like two years ago <laughs> and the things that I just didn't think I'd ever have to do like I, I remember I asked someone do I need to market my business and she was like yeah I'm afraid you do I, was, oh, I feel very uncomfortable about that as an introvert like how do I I don't really want to <laughs> and I forgot that I'd ever felt like that but yeah like I didn't want to create an Instagram account I didn't want to post anything on LinkedIn I didn't you know I just wanted the clients to come to me <laughs> and they don't you you can't 
you can't not advocate for yourself as a business leader because people need to know you exist in order for them to know whether they need your help or not otherwise you know they're not going to come and find you and they're not going to pay you so I've, I've tried to just flip it with a um I know that I that people need my help and I know especially small businesses need my help and the sort of skills that I've cultivated over the years with bigger brands to help them market themselves and get their message really clarified and articulate exactly what it is they do and who for I know that they need that so I try to reframe it as people need what I have so I better talk about it <laughs> it's only been in the last few months that I've really realized through working with a coach that actually my very unique edge in this is actually my it's my introversion and my empathy for people I can pick up very fast on what it is that they're trying to say and what's underneath it all to really cut through to okay this is what you're doing this is your message and you can forget about the other stuff because it's not important you mentioned earlier on, you know, we do have these flickers of intuition. And when we're in specific scenarios, if we ignore it and ignore it and ignore it, that voice gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And I'm really keen to hear in the adversity, in doing the things that you don't necessarily want to do, but have to as a small business owner, how do you get closer to that flicker of intuition? How do you hear it more almost on a daily basis? Um, I think the biggest advice I can give is dial down the noise absolutely dial down the noise because there is so much noise out there you've only got to open Instagram and there's a million and one posts telling you what you need to be doing and what you don't need to be doing and what they did to have six figure years and a 30k month and it's just like overwhelming and likewise if you're still in you know normal full-time nine-to-five employment again there's a lot of pressure put on you externally you know you feel like you've got to keep earning at that specific rate because you've got a lifestyle that you need to uphold um you've got expectations from your team all sorts of stuff um and that all just comes down to give us so much noise overwhelm and stress that we cannot go anywhere near finding that quiet little voice that's in there somewhere so my biggest advice is to whatever way is possible for you to take time out so whether that is scheduling a holiday in your normal working life um booking that time off and not even taking a holiday literally just allowing yourself that time and that space without obligation to i guess drift drift a little bit and see what comes up um you know, take time away from social media, anything that fills your head up with extra advice that you don't need. It's overwhelming and you can't do all the things and want all the things that someone else wants. So you really have to get very quiet. For me, it was once that first flicker comes up, don't ignore it. Stop pushing it down. Sit with it. I know you like to journal a lot on things, but whatever space you can carve out, maybe you're not a big writer, so don't worry about journaling, voice note yourself, just something to get out of your head and, and away from everyone else's voice, find yours. And, you know, it could be very deeply buried by a lot of cultural, societal, corporate conditioning, <laughs> but it's in there and you won't find it unless you let yourself listen. You got to a point, didn't you, where your body was crying out for you to get in touch with that voice yeah but I do believe that there's so many there are so many leaders out there who take the medication quick enough to warn the migraine off who scrape by just enough on Marks and Spencer's sandwiches so that they can just have a quick lunch at their desk there's so many leaders 
who aren't in that space of my body is now actually physically stopping me. They're scraping on by and therefore they're able to just keep going. How do you lean into that when you've got so many other priorities and pressures and voices and noises? How do you make that compulsory for yourself? Well, that's a big question. It's a very good question as well. The first thing is no one can do that for you. If you want change and you recognize in any way that you maybe need that change, you have to take responsibility for it. But also you have to be really kind to yourself because you probably haven't been being kind to yourself for a really long time. So it's like, you know, you need to get some self-compassion back and be like, what do I need And it's okay that I have needs. It's actually fucking okay to need something and not have it. And it's okay to ask for it. Saying, I need more support. I need you to remember to pack the pack lunches in the morning. I need you to um, load the dishwasher every night because actually I don't have any more headspace. And something has got to sometimes give in your lifestyle to allow that that quietness and that space for, for your own for your own needs to really speak to you loud and clear and for you to actually listen to them for once so it's really about looking at your life very holistically I would say not just work thinking how else is work impacting me like for me you know my relationships I'd go out for dinner with my boyfriend and I literally would just say nothing I didn't have anything to say like it's how is how is it absolutely um ricocheting off the walls of all other areas of your life and which one is more important to you at this point start there thank you you mentioned before that you're currently working with a coach yeah what was it that made you go actually I'm gonna get some help around this particular area and how do you find that as someone who as you've just said knows that it's you who's got to do the work So for me, it's interesting. I've always really shied away from working with coaches, not because I don't think coaches are good at what they do. I think they can be incredible, but because I know I'm fucking uncoachable if I don't want to be coached. (laughs) I just am. You know, so much of coaching is what you're going to get out of it and the work you're going to do as well. It's not just someone telling you what to do and you go away and do it and everything works. It's a lot of really deep work and, 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 you know, mindset and budgeting and and all sorts, you know, Um, and I knew I had to be 100% ready for that. And I knew exactly who I wanted to work with when that time came. And the time did come. So basically, I, I, again, my intuition pricked up. And I was having very, very, very good months over this summer. I was making more money than I'd ever made, but that was coming with a trade-off and I was really, really fucking tired. And I was like, I I can't keep this up. So how do I get the balance right? How do I get this momentum to kind of relatively sustain? But how do I not kill myself in the process? And that's where I recognized I needed support and I needed help and I needed someone else's insight into that. And so the intuition kept coming up and I just wrote her name down a few times and I just did question mark and then finally like about three months later I was like no okay yeah this is the time and I just knew and I was like I'm ready I want to go inwards I want to do the work I want to I want to really slow down and take time for me and figure out what it is that I want to do and so yeah again I just kept listening to it and like the third time I was like right well I obviously want to do this now so it's time and I reached out and ironically she was literally just about to start onboarding for the next next couple of weeks And what impact has that made on you getting that support? Massive. 
It's been really helpful. It's been amazing. We're, we're a little bit over halfway through the process now, and it's a lot. It's a lot to take on, but it's just absolutely invaluable. So I actually chose my coach because she's had a similar kind of career to me. She's She initially was like a marketing business owner, and she's pivoted into strategy coaching, which kind of combines the marketing side with, with strategy. Um, her name is Imogen Roy, for anyone who's interested. I just think she's she's great, and she's been fantastic for me. We have so many similar traits. Like, we're both very creative, but we're, like, blocked creatives. We have the same Myers-Briggs type, and she also lives in France, and she's not French, and I want to live in France, and I'm not French. So, like, so many things about her. I was like, you're, like, a step ahead of me. How do I fucking get there? And I just saw in her something that I, I, I just knew she was the right person for me. Because she, I think it's so important that your coach has has lived a little bit of what your situation is, um, and that's going to be different for everybody. But it's just been so amazing. It feels like someone's holding your hand a little bit, and you really have someone who, you know, they're they're invested in guiding you and helping you see other ways of doing things in your business that you're just so blind to like you know new offerings it's like stuff that I keep getting asked for I'm like oh I don't do that so like, well why don't you do it do you want to do it I was like I don't know maybe <laughs> the demand's there but I'm not meeting it so it's just things like that you just need someone else to be like hey wait a minute again listen to what's happening around you and pay some attention hmm. that's pretty incredible stuff hey yeah Thank you, by the way, for how honest you've been and how much you've shared with us all today. So would you say that actually really just getting in touch and connected and trusting that intuition has been the biggest shift for you? Yeah, I think so. And also I want to caveat that with I think a lot of us think intuition is something some of us have and some of us don't. I don't agree with that. I think we all have it. It's just whether we are in a place where we're actually willing to listen to it. And as I said before, there's a lot of noise. So you might have had an incredibly noisy life where you haven't felt like you had that much agency over any decision you've made. So you've never listened to it. But I, I promise you it is there. It is there. You know, it's that gut instinct of whether something feels right or not. And in that moment where you have that red flag or that white flag or whatever, actually take a minute to be like okay why why does why is my gut reaction to this fear why is it fear is it because I'm scared because actually this could be really great if I do it and, I, and I'm scared of failing or do I really not want to do this this is really counter to what I actually stand for value and want it's like you know if if you get a promotion at work are you scared about it because it's a lot to take on or do you not want to be a head of a department do you not want to manage a team did you want to actually keep doing actually like the busy work that you really fucking enjoy doing and is, is what you want to do? All of those things, they are there. So, you know, I think if you struggle to think of it in terms of intuition, you definitely will know what I'm talking about when you when I talk about that gut instinct and that red flag moment. So, yeah, listen. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. Are you ready for the quick round? Yeah, I am. So what is your favourite quote and why? Okay, so I actually have two. My first one is um, by one of my favourite writers, um, and it's about writing. It's by Charles Bukowski. Often it is the only thing between you and impossibility. No drink, no woman's love, no wealth can match it. And I think for anyone who really loves creating anything or writing, 
they will really relate to that because it is that moment when you absolutely fly it's like it's like a high it's an absolute high when writing is going well and you feel like you are just able to create whatever you want so that's my favorite and the second one is um it's a poem actually it's part of a poem by Mary Oliver called Wild Geese and it says you do not have to be good you do not have to walk on hands and knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting you only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves and I love that because I think it really that ties back into that just listen to yourself and you don't have to be sorry all the time for having needs and wanting different things and you know you get one life right let's not be sorry and guilty all the time for living it the way we want to Mm, thank you for sharing that they're really moving and I think underpin a lot of what you said in this episode about intuition and about Mm. getting back to you yes a resource I'm loving is I've chosen like a specific person who I've discovered in the last six months or so who has really helped me to see where I was feeling misaligned with with my business and other people's businesses and the you know the values there and why that was so she owns an agency um she's Canadian she's called uh, Maggie Patterson and she also has like a small business mentoring company called Small Business Boss she just talks so much real shit I was at a point where I was so fucking sick of Instagram. I was really done with everyone posting about how how much money they'd made and how much, you know, you have to scale your business and you'll never scale your business if you don't do this, this and this. And really just having that one really patriarchal capitalist analysis of what success looks like, which I didn't relate to because for me, busting a gut and hustling my whole way to like a million pounds is not is not really what I want from life if I feel miserable about it. And she just, she like just rips to shreds so many of these concepts in a way that I find really relatable very eloquent she's just great she's a breath of fresh air nice now we've talked about if you could go all the way back to you when you were in employment what would you tell her but if you could just go back to the beginning of being a business owner what would you tell yourself first of all strap in because it's gonna be a wild ride um I think what I would tell myself is strap in but also trust that you can do it trust yourself I don't get distracted by other people's success and I don't get distracted by what other people in my field are doing I, I make sure I follow very few very few people in my field but I don't have that sort of sense of distraction but yeah my advice would be would be to blinker myself even more and 100% just like you know stay in my own lane and don't get swayed by what other people are doing and automatically assume that because they're doing it I should be doing it just yeah just stay true stay true to the path and it it materializes in front of you and lastly thriving in life and business to you means oh it means literally thriving in both things and so many of us lie to ourselves and think because we've got a successful business that we're thriving in life as well are we you know taking your laptop to bed and checking emails at 11 o'clock at night rather than I don't know anything fun you could be doing at 11 o'clock at night I don't think that's thriving and I think most of us would agree that it's not so you know we talk all the time about work-life balance and it's become really watered down but again it's back to that very individual version of what that actually means for you because it's utterly different for all of us so thriving is is first of all understanding that and that's the biggest step I think and then implementing it I am high-fiving you virtually high-five right back 
So thank you so much for sharing everything that you have with us today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Emma, if people want to go and check out your work, want to find you, and can you just tell us where the best places to look would be? Yes, so um, there's my website, so emmagriffinwrites.co.uk. There is my Instagram, at emmagriffinwrites, and you can also sign up to my newsletter via either the link in my bio or my website. But yeah, I share a lot of stuff about ways to connect through your writing if you're someone who who feels a little bit corporate when they try and write about themselves or their business. So that's something I find really common among my clients, so I think you'll find that helpful. Perfect. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode as much as I did. As usual, all of the links to everything Emma mentioned and where to find her are in the show notes of this episode. But before you do leave, I also wanted to share with you that on the 8th of December 2020, 5pm UK time, I'm running a workshop in partnership with The Happiness Planner. I'll be sharing how to stop fear from holding you back, overcoming your inner critic and so much more. The link is in my Instagram bio, so head on over there and register yourself in as soon as you can. If this episode did resonate with you today, please don't forget to click subscribe and consider sharing this podcast with another leader or business owner that it might help too. And finally, if you'd like to stay updated with me and what I'm doing, I'll leave all the links to my social media accounts in the show notes or head over to tlb.org.uk. Thanks for tuning in today and I'll see you in the next episode.